Welcome to the Ecom Wiz Podcast, a podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. Dominate. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Rob Stanley with the Ecom Wiz Podcast. And today, my special guest is Tamara T from FBA Winners. Hey, Tamara, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, Robbie. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So today we're going to talk about how to research and find profitable products to sell on Amazon. And we're going to actually jump right into it. And actually, we're going to go back just a little bit and talk about, let's go straight into what products should people avoid. Now, we know Amazon has a list of products that you can't sell on Amazon, but let's What's a maybe example, like when you're talking to some of your students and they come up with, uh, oh man, this does really well and I want to sell it. And you're like, eh, you should probably avoid that. Do you have a couple examples of maybe products that, you know, kind of are the first thing people jump on and they're, you're just like, no, I mean, we all know about the garlic press, right? But I'm sure yeah. there's other ones out there. So what, what have you yeah. seen? So I've been selling for three years now and I've seen probably thousands of products that you should not be selling. <laughs> and it really depends. I mean, it really depends on affordability because if you have a large budget, then you should be selling products that could cost a little more to source and to sell more at a higher price on Amazon. However, if you are like, you know, average Joe, like the average person who doesn't want to spend too much of their money up front and you want to spend like a couple thousand just to get started, then I highly recommend to start with smaller, lighter products. And I know a lot of people, they um, always say, Tamara, but all the small light products are taken. It's, it's not. There's so many products that you can actually sell on Amazon that are smaller and lighter because smaller and lighter products really reduce your risk. Compared to like a big product that's, you know, costing you 10 bucks to source and then you, you could sell for maybe 30 to $40 on Amazon. But remember, you need a huge investment for that, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of the products though that I do not recommend if you are a new seller are electronic products. Okay. I've had a few sellers now um, trying to sell an electronic product. Now, I'm not a freight forwarder, so I can't really give like any freight advice, but uh, rumors were that it costs more to ship when you are shipping electronics, and Amazon needs approval for a lot of the electronics. And you should be getting some type of like insurance because if someone gets hurt from using your electronic, yep. you are held liable. So that's liability insurance. Yep. Yeah, that's something that you really have to consider if you are selling an electronic. Um, some other bad products. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many bad products. Yeah. There's a lot of videos I've done on my YouTube channel where I went over a lot of bad products. Um, I think obvious one of them is the Jade Roller. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember you did that video on that. Yep. Yeah, the but... Jade Roller. Um, I think it was super cool in 2017 and a lot of the products that people get into one thing i always tell sellers to watch out for are trendy products i don't think the jade roller is like i kind of feel like it's a trend i really think like one day it's just going to die um but for trendy products those are some products you may want to stay away from unless you can get into the market super early but even then you get flooded with some sellers so there's yeah. an example 
That's that's absolutely true. I mean, I came from the whole electronic industry, uh, specifically cell phones. It is so tough. It is so tough. iPhone cases look great because you see somebody's had sold thousand of them, you know, or, or they get thousands of feedback. So you just assume that they've sold, you know, tens of thousands. It just it stay away from the electronics if you're getting in. Uh, you know, the one thing I have seen though, and just to kind of get into like everybody goes oh, well, you should get in a niche market, right? Like we hear that all the time, like find yeah. a good niche and get into it. One niche I found now, this one is, would probably require a little more money and it requires a little time. So I'm going to say for the newer people getting into Amazon, probably this isn't the right thing, but extra large items, like, yeah. you know, bigger items, they might cost a little more too, but that usually a lot of sellers will shy away from that because yes. they're bigger so again, not for new sellers, if you're experienced and you're looking for, hey, I need a few more products, you know, definitely a niche would be large, large items. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something to look into, uh, you know, if you're looking for products. So, so just to kind of get back to the topic we were talking about to, that we're kind of basing the show on. So what kind of things do you do to research and try to find products and what do you teach some of your students? So the very first thing I want newer sellers to remember is when you are selling any product on Amazon, there is obviously an investment, right? I mean, you're starting a business, you have to invest some money into the product, you have to invest some money to your launch, which I teach to only launch using pay-per-click. Um, and I think the number one, like biggest advice that has been really helpful is to start with one product and not go crazy with like, more than that when you are starting. I think a lot of sellers, they get super extremely, like overly confident, overly excited. They wanna hit their $1 million in one year. And even though those are great goals, you will soon realize that the more money you invest in more products, you need more capital, yeah. right? So I always teach people, if you were to source one product, make sure you scale that product up first until you're selling like 50 units a day then you could see your return on investment start coming back, right? Like, oh, my product is selling. Now I'm, I'm making money. I have more money to put aside for a new product. So that's why I stress a lot. Um, there's been a lot of sellers where they get super excited and they source like five products at once. And it's like, okay, well now I'm in debt and you yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah, that was so off camera. Tamara and I were talking about, you know, being careful on how much you're investing in this. Like, don't take a mortgage out or take a loan out to do this. Like, yeah. you know, use either sell stuff on eBay or whatever to, to create the money or come up with some money or, you know, put a little bit away every week until you get to a point where you have enough where you can start. And, and that's yeah. key. You don't want to get yourself, if you're going to start a, a business, you don't want to get yourself in debt in the first year. I mean, you want to try to be profitable off the get go, but you also have to be ready that maybe the one product you pick doesn't do well or does okay you know? So, and I'm sure you see that all the time. Yes, that's very common. Um, for anyone who is like new to selling, the most common cases I've seen, I would say over 75% of sellers I met, their first product is typically not the like the best product because it's your first time in business and that goes with everything. It just takes more practice, more time, more knowledge, more training and everything. And hopefully your second, third product will turn out a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So let's give some actual, what tools are you using to do some search? You don't have to give them all away, but what kind of things are you using to get, uh, do searches for new products? 
Yeah, sure. So for myself, I'm not a huge fan of having a ton of subscriptions everywhere. I know there's like a lot of different tools you can use. There's Jungle Scout, there's Viral Launch, there's Helium 10. Uh, me personally, I'm a huge fan of the Helium 10 tool. And in my personal experience, that's really all you need yeah. to look for products, to know your margins, to look for keywords, look for competitors' keywords. Um, I think one tool uh, using Helium 10 is enough to find products. And of course, it's not even just the tool. I mean, you can have the greatest tool in the world. Yeah. But what are you doing with the tool to look for these products? So a lot of things that I teach, a lot of the time people think it's some, like people will start browsing around on Amazon, thinking about what to like source, what to sell on Amazon. Um, but I think one of the most important parts is actually the keyword research. Mm keyword research. I mean, yeah. everything on the internet is a keyword. Like feedback yeah. is a keyword. Temerity is a keyword. And you have to find that area where the keywords are not overly saturated, but not low in demand as well. Because if it's low in demand, no one wants your product. You're going to make no money. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then what about uh, for getting samples and stuff? So do you use like Alibaba or how do you Kind of what's your sort of process that let's say you've done a lot of research, uh, you use some tools to identify a product. Now you need to get a sample of that product or kind of check it out before you go ordering a bunch. What's your process on that? So I've only dealt with suppliers on Alibaba. Mm -hmm. um, I've never dealt with suppliers anywhere else. And the reason is I think it's just because I'm comfortable. I like Alibaba. I like their trade assurance system. Um, when it comes to getting samples though, my thing is you should be messaging at least, I like to message five suppliers. Let's just say I'm sourcing a brand new product. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to five suppliers first and tell them what I need and what my customizations are before um, I ask for a sample because I kind of want to feel them out. I want to see their, one very important thing I'd like to see is their response time. Do yeah. these people respond? Because if you're going to be, building a business and trying to source products from someone like way across the world, we need to know, are they like, how do they respond? How quick do they respond? Are they answering each and every single one of your questions? It's very important. And I kind of narrow it down to like the, the best supplier that I feel is uh, good to work with and ask them about the product, my customizations and have them ship me a sample here uh, in Canada. But I think like a sample is much needed. Because you yeah. need to feel the quality of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And depending on the item, if it's something that you can open, uh, get a screwdriver and open it. Like take a look yeah. inside. Mm -hmm. I mean, there could be things that are loose or maybe they're not connected correctly. Like I, I've had products where they, they came in, we opened it up and literally they had like hot glued uh, a, a piece of plastic to the edge. And we're like, why didn't they make that part of the mold? Or why is it not like, maybe super glued first. Cause we ended up finding out that as that product got warm out in the sun, it actually, the hot glue melted and it fell off internally. Yeah. So, you, you know, you want to kind of do a little, little investigation on it, you know, kind of take a look at it and see where are possible pain points or uh, areas that may either break or, you know, uh, fail basically. Yeah. And so. you always want to get more than one sample. Like I usually narrow it down to two suppliers and get different samples and really feel what you are trying to sell and how it works. If it's something where you have to like 
you know, test out, then I would test out both of those samples. Um, but I think a lot of people, uh, especially when they're new to the business, they just order one sample because, you know, you don't want to spend too much money. Yeah. One way to save money on samples is actually to get your supplier to mail it to your freight forwarder and they can ship it to you. I mean, I get my samples for like 20 bucks. Yeah. Canada. So to me, it's like I could order five samples. I spent a hundred bucks. I examine all of them. I'm like, okay, I, I want to go with this one. Right. But, um, a lot of people, uh, you might want to watch out for suppliers to try to rip you off because there have been times suppliers told me, Oh, it's a hundred dollars for me to ship you one sample. And I'm like, why is that hundred bucks? Like, you know, and then, yeah. uh, luckily though, I've been working with my same suppliers for three years now. So it's just such an easy transaction. Once you find the right person to work with, it's a simple transaction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we used to get, I think, three to five from each supplier and usually three to five suppliers. So, it was, you know, we ended up at some point, we, you know, if we go five at each five, that's 25 of them. So, and we would always send it to our consolidator. He'd put it all in one package and send it. So that way, depending on yeah. the item and size, but you want to be able to look because you can see, you know, again, going back to opening it up, you can see what is one doing different than the other factory that maybe you're like, oh, well, that's much better. It's secure over here with a screw yeah. and this one's glued, you know? Mm -hmm. So you definitely need to get a little bit of a variety of samples from each of the suppliers. Yeah, and then, like you said, I mean, if they're willing to jack up the price to ship it to you, probably not somebody you want to do a long, long-term business with. No. Any. I mean, you can easily spend 500 bucks on samples. Oh yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's not right. Unless you are getting like a production sample where everything is customized to how you want it. They put it in your box design, your, the wrapping, the insert card, and then they ship it to you. Okay. Of course that's one to $200, but I don't think that's much needed because you just want to kind of see how well the quality is. Right. And the final product itself, you can pay inspection companies to inspect yep. the product later on. So that could save you a lot of money too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're not going to go into a lot of detail on all these things, but definitely, you know, Tamara's giving you kind of the general process of how she goes about finding a product, getting a sample, and then, you know, basically bringing it in. And then let's talk a little bit also about uh, how important is like PPC and keywords. You were just talking about it. Let's dive into that a little more. So for anyone who does not know me, I am Tamara T and <laughs> I am huge on PPC. If anyone visits my channel, I have tons of videos on PPC because I mean, when I first started selling on Amazon, I'm not going to lie, I did do some black hat like giveaways, you know. We used to all do giveaways where you mark off your product at 99% off, yeah. giving it away for free just to rank for like one or two keywords. And then you'd be in debt, you're, you're like, you just dug yourself a hole. And lately, ever since the beginning of 2018, um, my business partner and I, he was really good at PBC. Like I was like, wow, you're so good. Yeah. So he kind of convinced me to only use PPC. So we started doing that for all of our products. Now, every single product that we sell on Amazon is all organic PPC and PPC is really all you need to launch your product. I know there's so many things out there. Like you probably heard of like many chat and like Facebook ads. And I'm not saying those don't work. They probably do. But at the end of the day, Amazon provides you with enough tools to launch your product organically. I'm 100% I'm organic in everything I do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you ever tried the Amazon Early Reviewer program? I ha I personally have not. Okay. Um, my students have though. And how'd they do? Like in general, did you? you know, how'd they feel? You know what? It's fifty-fifty. Um, and like sometimes I would hear people say I got like five five star reviews, and that's and then other people would be like, oh my gosh, someone just left me like a two or three star review. Oh. I think it's a fair program though, to be honest. I mean, if someone is complaining about your product, maybe there's something wrong with your product. And a lot of the time we don't want to admit it, but the best, um, another piece of advice I could give to people who are selling on Amazon is if you do receive a negative review and someone is complaining, take that as like positive criticism because that's just telling you, you need to fix your product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's always a good way. I mean, and if there's anybody else, let's say there's somebody selling a product similar, you should really dive into their reviews and look specifically at the negative ones to try to find out what are some of the pain points, like is a certain part breaking or are they having trouble with something? That way, when before you get it manufactured, you can address that with the manufacturer and say, hey, there, you know, we got to make sure there's no issue. Or when you have an inspection go out, they can look at those pain points to see what other people have had issues with to make sure yours doesn't have that issue to try to avoid it. One little tip too I, I like to give is when you get those samples, let's say you narrow down those five samples from a factory and you're like, hey, this factory is the one I'm gonna go with. I've also seen take those five samples and hand them out to like friends and family and have them evaluate it. Yeah. Because sometimes you see, they'll see things different than you. Like you're looking at it, oh, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And they may look yeah. at it different. So that's kind of a good way to get kind of a little Q, you know, quality assurance sort of from other friends and family that maybe see things a little differently. So that's, that's another so tip. True. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, a lot of the time we think our product is the best because we've spent so much time and energy on it. And even with my product and services, I'm like, yeah, I'm like the best out there. But when you get someone else to look at it, they point out all the things that are like not that great with it. And these are good things. I used to, I used to take personal, uh, sorry, I used to take negative reviews very personally. And I still see that around Facebook groups. People are like, Oh my God, someone left me a one star review. Yeah. But what they don't realize is it's, it's honest and there's been times where people left me one star reviews I fixed that problem with the next batch of inventory that I shipped into Amazon no more negative reviews yeah so it, it's just helping you be better for like do it provide like a better quality yeah. you know for your product so yeah look at those negative reviews and and see what they're talking about if, if you get say two of them and they're both pointing out an issue with your yeah. product that's Use that on your next round of purchasing from the factory. Address it with the factory. In fact, I'd bring it up with the factory on the first one because yep. to make sure that it's addressed on the spot. And sometimes the factories will even send you extras to cover, you know, an issue or a parts missing. They'll, you know, a replacement part. Just depends what on the item you're dealing with. So back to uh, like PPC and keywords. Are you just using the Amazon PPC? Or using yep. how you, are you using any tools to like find the keywords? Um, the tools I use to find the keywords. So I do use helium 10 for keyword research. However, the strategy that I've been teaching the last few months, we kind of changed it up a bit. So what I used to teach is, okay, you can find really good keywords on helium 10. You type in a keyword, like all these longer tail keywords pop up. You can start targeting those. 
but the last few months we've been doing PPC for like almost two years now, like all hundred percent organic. Like I said, the best way how I found the best converting keywords mm-hmm. are actually keywords that customers are really searching. So mm-hmm. these are keywords that are on your advertising report. If you guys are running PPC, you download your report and the customer search term, you know exactly what the customer is searching. Those are the keywords you should be going after ahead of just randomly targeting keywords that you find in tools. Mm. I just find like, it's just funny how it works. You know, like if you're selling a summer beach ball and you probably think, Oh, summer beach ball, I'm selling a summer beach ball. And you start targeting that in your PPC, but in your search term report, someone might be searching beach ball for summertime fun. Yeah. You should be using what the customer is searching and not what, not going by the tools. That's why I found has really helped with uh, lowering the aid costs. Yeah. Getting a little more granular on the keyword that you're using because you yeah. know, people are going to listen to this and, and we hear, I'm sure you hear it and I hear it all the time. Well, beach ball is a really competitive word for my category. Right. And, and it cost me a lot of money to use that term, but like you're just saying, look for, everything after that, you know, maybe it's red beach ball, maybe it's blue beach ball, maybe, you know, uh, there, it could be certain keywords after that, Mm -hmm. that you want to target. And, you know, not always that main sort of uh, high level keyword that everybody's hitting. Exactly. Which brings me to my next point is I see way too many um, sellers and it's not their fault. You know, they're just beginning. However, I see a lot of new sellers trying to go after the main keywords. So in case you guys don't know what main keywords are, it's just like, you know, two words that are describing your product, like beach ball, garlic press, J roller. However, how you should be doing it is going after the longer tails. So beach ball for summertime, garlic press for the kitchen, J roller for my face. These longer tail keywords is what is going to give you the lower a cost the manageable lower a cost if that's what you're going after and it won't suck your money out dry. (laughs) Exactly. Which is what you want when you're getting started, right? You got it. You've got a limited budget. You're trying to maximize it and still get sales. I mean, Mm -hmm. the tips you're given are exactly true. So Mm -hmm. one of the things also that I know you and I talked about, and obviously I work at feedback with, so, uh, but it, from your point of view, how important are product reviews, getting those in product reviews when you're, especially when you're launching a new product. I mean, we talked about it a little bit with like the, you know, Amazon uh, review program and all the things like that, but you know, talk about how important are those reviews when you're first launching a product? Sure. So honestly, day one, when your inventory hits the warehouse, you should turn on automatic PPC, even if you have zero reviews. And the reason why I teach to do this now, other people may argue, you know, I'm not saying they're wrong. Um, but the reason why we want to start with zero reviews for automatic campaigns is because we need that keyword data right now. We're going back to looking at what customers are organically searching. What are they searching and what is making them purchase? We need that data as soon as possible because, um, with that data during that time, you're collecting data from your automatic campaign, which can take a few weeks, right? It's not overnight. Um, during that time we can work on getting reviews. Now I always think starting with a handful of reviews, like anywhere around five is enough to do a launch. I've seen this happen over and over again. I think sellers sometimes kind of compare themselves too much to like the big guy where he has like 200 reviews. 
it's not going to, you're not going to fail just because you have hundreds, you don't have like hundreds of reviews. I mean, the point is just to get started and have a good listing, a really, I always suggest starting with a lower price and then you can slowly start to take off. But yeah, the, the review world is mad, Robbie. Like people are mad at not getting those reviews. And honestly, they're not that important. Like that's not like they're important, but it's, it's not where it's going to make or break your business unless you have like 10 one star reviews. Yeah, no, you need, you need a whole game plan around it, right? I mean, you need the keywords, you need the PPC, you need the reviews. Your goal, especially starting early, your goal is to try to get on that first page, not the, necessarily the top of the first page, but get to the first page. And then you can kind of keep going from there. Like you're saying, I mean, they're going to look and they're going to see, you know, somebody has a thousand reviews. Well, you also don't know, they may have had that product up there for two years, you yeah. know, and that's how they got them is they, you know, that's how you get that many. A lot, most products are not going to get a thousand reviews in like six months. Some yeah. might, pretty rare, but yeah. Great. And then, you know, one thing let's talk about too, and I don't, I think some people don't really address this all the time is let's talk about a little bit about the life cycle of a product. So mm-hmm. I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago and actually heard a couple of people talking and I was in this a conversation and they brought up the fact that they're on in general seeing like an 18 month life cycle on their product. So basically they get the product, they start selling, it does well. Usually after about 18 months, it's kind of like puttering out. So talk about like, what do you do? I mean, we talked a little bit about people launching a product and maybe starting with one, but at what point should they kind of start looking at that second product and, and bringing on it as long as they're doing okay with the first one? So I've seen this happen over and over again. And this is the easiest people want quick, fast, effective results on Amazon, right? Who doesn't want to make money quick and fast now? The easiest way to do this, and I've seen it happen for my own products, I've seen it happen with people I mentor and coach. If you have one product that's doing well, let's say I'm selling um, a yellow beach ball and I'm selling 50 units a day right now. The easiest way to launch another product without like, you know, having to worry like, is it going to sell? Is it not? Is to simply sell another variation of it because this yellow beach ball that I'm selling it has already proven that it's making sales I know all the keywords I have all the keyword data from PBC right so I'm just gonna launch another variation and I don't even have to run that much like you still should run automatic PPC but it's going to be less of a risk because you know what's already selling but when it comes to life cycle of a product I think as long as it's still selling Mm -hmm. we can keep it there Um, But one thing, again, that I always tell people to stay away from are like products you feel are kind of trendy because those, those are going to die out like the fidget spinner. (laughs) That came and went quick, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. But that made people like millions, right? Millions were millionaire overnight kind of thing, but then it's gone. You're dead. So, so I never suggest those products. I mean, you can, it's just not a sustainable business model when yeah. you're going after trendy products. That's a, yeah, that's exactly true. And I, I found, you know, also if you're looking for that second product, since you have a little knowledge in a certain category, try to maybe stay within that category. Like you are just saying, uh, maybe a, a different version of it or uh, maybe not exactly a different version, but something that maybe complements it yeah. or something like that. You want to stay in that same category because 
you've already built up the PPC, you have a knowledge of it. You may even have a factory that maybe makes, and that's, that's another point to bring up is go back to your factory that you're dealing with, as long as they're a good factory, and ask them what else do they make. Have them send you a little catalog or little pictures of what other products they had. When I was in China, we found a lot of our second products just by going into the showroom at the factory, and we're like, we didn't know you guys made this. Get us a price on that. I mean, they're a reliable, great quality factory. Heck, just piggyback some more on there. And that's another thing you can do is uh, if you're ordering, let's say your first product and that factory has a second product you're interested in and you got a, uh, you can just, you know, a lot of times you can get a small amount of it included to kind of get going with it and you won't have to necessarily hit the larger MOQ type thing. Yeah. So it just depends factory to factory, but that's a good way to yeah. do it is stay in that same category or ask your factory. It's the so, easiest, quickest way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So one of the things I want to ask you too is how about some examples of some of your students that have made money following your course? Like, can you give us some examples and, you know, kind of talk a little bit about how they've done and, and maybe how they're doing now? Yeah. So I have many students that are generating five figures per month in profits. And I know a lot of people talk about on YouTube about like quitting their job, taking on this whole entrepreneurship full time and how great it is that, you know, you work from your own home in your pajamas. I mean, yes, I admit I'm in my pajamas <laughs> you know, right now, but a lot of the times, I mean, with every successful seller that I've coached and mentored, even though they have like the flexibility to like work from home, there's still so much more to do. Yeah. And usually the fastest, I mean, people always ask me, one of the most common questions is, Tamara, how long do I have to sell on Amazon in order to like replace my income, in order to replace, you know, so I don't have to go to work anymore? It's different for everybody because the quickest, like I've seen it was maybe like six to 12 months. Yeah. And then other people, they just take a year. It all depends on how much time you're spending on it. And one of the most important things is your lifestyle. Because if I'm able to work from home and quit my job, but my expenses are low, I could probably achieve that in like six months, yeah. right? But if it's compared to someone else who lives like in a more expensive area, then, or you have like, you know, kids or, you know, people you have to take care of, it may take longer to happen for you. Um, but a lot of the successful sellers that I've met toward, a lot of them work from home now. They do, yeah. but they're, they're working. They're not, they're not like, you know, enjoying, uh, it is passive, but there's so much work you have to put into it to even get there. So. Which brings up a good point. So let, we, we talked about this a little earlier off again, off uh, the mic, but let's talk about just so they have an understanding. Like everybody sees Tamara, she's, you know, on Facebook, she's on doing videos. Let's talk about the reality of how many hours are you and your partner putting into this? business, right? Not just the course, but yeah. you know, still selling on Amazon. I mean, give somebody a realistic example of how many hours they should expect, even if they're selling one product. So when I first started selling in 2017, it was just me. Like I was a one woman show when I was uh, doing my Amazon FBA business. And I remember my first winning product when I found like the winner that was selling like over a hundred units a day, like every single day, I was like, Oh my gosh, now I have to restock. Like, and then I added more and more products. I would say around like the eight to 12 month mark, 
I couldn't do it myself anymore. And that was just the reality of it because there's so many other things that happen in the back end. You have to check inventory that's in stock. You have to find ways to protect your brand. And then you have to do like, uh, get into like all these like legalities. And then you have to think about like future products to source. And there's just so many things happening in the back. Right. And then I started my YouTube channel. So luckily for me, long story short, I think after a year I met my business partner online. Now I, I'm one of, maybe I'm one of the fortunate ones, but I'm very involved with like online communities and other entrepreneurs. So I met my business partner who takes care of a lot of inventory right now. So I'm kind of lucky in that area because he, he does it full time. He does it in his home. It's full time for him. And his father-in-law actually um, sources products for like Claire's and like, you know, actual retail source. So he does a lot of our inventory and like, you know, managing that now, but it, it's a lot. And honestly, I don't know a single successful seller that actually manages them, manages their FBA store with one person. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. It's impossible. Everyone has a VA, everyone has yeah. a business partner or some help in the background. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is a smart move. I mean, that's what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Or else. I mean, in terms of hours, sorry, yeah. your, question, your original question, like I was doing like 10 hours a day yeah. just on Amazon when I was by myself, by myself. But that's because I wanted to think further with other products, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you are happy with like a few products that you're selling right now and you really it depends what you value because a lot of, some people value time. They want to go on vacation. Um, for me, I've always been like, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. So that's why it took me like 10 hours a day. But some people like they spend, I know people who spend like half an hour a day and they're happy with two products and it's making them like five figures a month. So it really depends. Yeah. 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 In general, keep your job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, keep your job. Keep in your job. Still, like, yeah. yeah. Keep your job. Don't take out a loan. Start small. Work your way up. I mean, that's definitely you know the thing that you want to do. You just you want to you want to start small and kind of get going. Get especially if you've never sold on Amazon. You you need a little time to learn the process. I mean, there's we're covering very high level. I mean, Tamara's course goes into very detailed. Uh, you know, a lot of things we didn't cover. We didn't cover you know uh, how you get it to FBA, how to deal with inspectors, how to Get the pricing. I mean, there's there's a lot more photography, getting the images. I mean, there's there's a lot we're not covering. So, which is fine because I want people to go check out your course. But I also want to let's tell people because I know Tamara's story and I've heard it before, and it's an amazing yeah. story of how she got into the Amazon world. Tell everybody a little bit about kind of where you're at and how you ended up in the Amazon uh, space. Yeah. So I was somebody that did not even know online businesses existed. I had an office job uh, for 10 years. I barely finished college. I just, I just wasn't one of those people. Like, I knew at a super young age, I, I couldn't work for anybody. I just knew that, but I didn't have like, no one kind of pushed me into entrepreneurship. So throughout the last 10 years, I had an office job uh, people kept my employers, like people that I work for, they kept laying me off. Like I got laid off over and over and over again until the fifth time, which was three years ago in 2017, I just had it. And I said, I have to find something else. I don't care how hard it takes. I don't care how long it takes. You know, I, I would, I will 
lower every like my expenses if I have to because I was just really desperate to get out, out of like working for someone else. Now, now that's just me. And at the same time, um, my, my fiance, which is uh, one of my, well, he's my business partner too, he got okay. laid off. So we were just like, let's just get this going. Like, let's just, you know, like put all our effort into it. So the difference between, I think, myself, like my business and others is that I did have a lot of time. Like I had two people to start, well, myself mostly. And then I also had my partner, but we had like, we didn't really have a job, right? So we had all the time in the world compared to a normal person who still has their nine to five job. You're going to like, your progress will be a little slower than my progress. My progress was fast because I had all that time in the world. Um, and that's just kind of how it happened. I found out about Amazon. It's funny, but I'll share. I found out about Amazon FBA from uh, a guy I dated online <laughs> and he was doing really well. And uh, he had like, so he had like the house and the Rolex and like BMW. And I was like, what do you do for a living? And he said to me, I sell things on Amazon. I'm like, you what? So that relationship obviously went to hell. But then after I started like just researching, yeah. what is Amazon FBA? And I'm like, oh my God, like I just didn't know. I had no idea this thing even existed. So it's weird, but. That's great. That's, yeah. that's really, actually, I don't think I heard that version of the story. So that's awesome. I, I love to hear yeah. new stuff. Yeah. So just to wrap up, Tamara has a great YouTube channel. She has a Facebook group. Why don't you tell them everywhere that they can get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, so go ahead. Um, I've actually done a few videos with Feedback Wiz as well. We do yep. a lot of tutorials together. Um, I've done a meetup in San Francisco with Feedback Wiz. That's all recorded on my channel. It's if you look up Tamara T Amazon, you'll find my YouTube channel. I have Facebook group. It's called Amazon FB Winners, where all the cool sellers hang out. So you should check that out as well. Yeah, absolutely. And post a question. She, she'll answer them. I mean, or better yet, let's make the announcement. Come out to Prosper in March, the Prosper show. And Tamara will be at the Feedback Wiz booth. So come on out, say hi to her, ask her questions, take pictures with her. She's super awesome, very friendly, and extremely knowledgeable. Tamara, thanks for being on the Ecom Wiz podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this week on the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, FeedbackWiz.com. Be sure to use coupon code POD50 for 50% off your first paid month with FeedbackWiz. Again, the code is POD50. Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Join us next week for more great tips to help Amazon sellers dominate the marketplace.